Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. And today is Wednesday, April 21st, and a blessed Easter season to all of you. Christ has risen. He has risen indeed as we gather this next hour around the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has called you out of darkness and into His marvelous light. The light shines on us today from 1 Kings chapter 2. And the words we hear today are a well, a true sign of brokenness of humankind. Benaiah, Adonijah, Joab, Shimei, all the blood that was shed. And how does this fit for us today as Christians? A lot of questions, but also a lot of truth as we dig into God's word today and never look away from Christ. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. A special thanks to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit LHF Missions for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us to be strengthened by God's Word, we have with us today regular guest, Pastor Nathan Metter of St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin. Pastor Metter, welcome back to Thy Strong Word. It is good to be back, Pastor Finneran. So, Pastor Metter, a, a blessed Easter to you and your family. It was, oh, oh this was... This is pro- this is this is my twenty fifth Easter in the ministry, and I okay. think this has been the most meaningful one um, because we were able to. It was for the first time since this whole pandemic thing really started that church felt normal. Right. You know, at, yeah. at, at the risk of at the risk of being Schwermerei or whatever, but uh, I'll take that <laughs> risk because it was awesome. I mean, we were able to, you know, uh, I, I I know we we probably tied in a little bit to this uh, pandemic fatigue, but uh, we just had people who were who were chomping at the bit to get back into God's house and, and to and to mark the resurrection like we'd normally mark the re- the resurrection and uh it felt phenomenal it felt mm-hmm. phenomenal oh yeah I, it just I, I absolutely felt agree. Phenomenal. yeah and it was uh you know for us here in, in my congregation not mine I, I i try not to say that but the, the congregation i serve uh at messiah it was it was it was great to see a lot of different people uh people were singing you know for us we're still wearing masks but we're you know we're spaced out and and but people are there and i remember i started and you know you say the hallelujahs and then i said you know what i'm amazed that we have more people in church this year than last year <laughs> <laughs> so it was just one of those real joys, um, you know, 500, 600% more than we had last year. So it was just a joyful Absolutely. day, and I'm glad to hear that. And we're still in the Easter season, so the hallelujahs still surround us to this day. Anything else happening Amen. for Pastor Metter and the Saints at St. John? Well, uh, actually, I'm not, even in, I'm not even in Plymouth right now. I'm uh, at, uh, at Chula Vista in Wisconsin Dells at a pastor's conference. I uh, yeah, if you saved me from the last day of business, I love it. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, it's it's been fascinating uh, to uh, to be in a position now where uh, I believe one of the neatest things too for us is I think since the last time we talked, uh, St. John, uh, I've been at, I've been there twelve years, uh, and we actually entered into debt freedom. 
wow. in the middle in March. Uh, we retired a, a debt that when I when I arrived 12 years ago was like 1.4 million dollars. Um, mm. We've been able to expand ministry, uh, grow individual stewardship to because of responsible corporate stewardship and. Um, uh, we've been able to enhance ministry. It's been God's people have responded to the faithful proclamation of God's word and the reception of the sacrament. That's for sure. Well, thanks be to God for that. Amen but we're to here that. today to to dig into God's word as you do there as St. John. And can you begin our, begin our time in prayer? Please. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day that you've given us uh, that we don't deserve, and yet you so richly pour out your mercy upon us. Lord, as we take up this particular section of Scripture, we are reminded again of just how much your people, those you've chosen to lead and serve you, don't deserve your grace and mercy any more mm-hmm. than we do. And yet, O oh Lord, you pour it out richly in that one who would go to the cross, say, Father, forgive them, the one who would who would be forsaken for our sakes, the one who would commend his soul into your hands, only to take it back up again and live forevermore to give us the great and sure confidence that because he lives, we will live also. Lord, as you work this out in this time, as you feed us in your word, we pray that your spirit would dwell among us, that you would open these words to us, that that we might be fed, nourished, and strengthened and equipped by you uh, to carry out those works that you have prepared prepared in advance for us to do. Uh, so, so lead us in this time of feeding and training, uh, not, not so that we can uh, make a name for ourselves, but so that we can proclaim yours. We pray this in the name of that one who makes it all possible, even Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, Pastor Matter, First Kings is a wild ride. And I know Second Kings is as well, but we it's a wild ride already as we go to our text in chapter two. And so right. what kind of, uh, I don't know, introductory or contextual thoughts do you have to help us out this morning? Well, you know, we are, you know, as we sit in a world that, you know, in our world right now, where, where we look at the dysfunction in our uh, political uh, leadership, uh, and and we be lament it and bemoan it. Really, it's nothing more than a another commentary that uh, Solomon was absolutely right. There is nothing new under the sun. Um, that there is that there is intrigue. There is deceit. There is deception. Uh, there is retribution. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, and, you know, and that's one of those things where you know these are these reminders when you read these texts. These are probably good texts to read when you sit there and somebody is uh, wrinkling up their nose uh, and, and, and at politics in the church. Okay. Uh, sure. um, well, of course. Well, you know, this is one of the things. Politics is not in politics in itself is is amoral. It's neither good nor bad. It's just the interaction that we have with one another. Now, what happens is what we do with it. You know, and, and politics is in every every aspect of our life, uh, and and it's not just in whether or not we're going to pay taxes, or whether or not we're going to, uh, you know, whether or not we're going to war, or whether or not we're going to u- universal health care or whatever. It's much more than that. It's how we interact with one another, and and it's it, but it's also in our interaction with one another that that the darkness of the human heart 
is is still exposed. You know, we are reminded again that our condition has not changed since early in Genesis, when God found that the that the that the the intention of of man's heart is only and always evil, mm. and and mm-hmm. we see this play out, and and evil has to be checked. Mm. Evil left unchecked, uh, well. It, it becomes, you know, it, it, the God of order, if he doesn't check it, will allow that which is ordered and perfect and to dissolve into chaos. And, and God is, by his nature, against chaos. And that's why he puts governing authorities. And that's why uh, we, are, we see here that the one set in authority, to, to paraphrase what Paul would say in Romans 13, he does mm. not bear the sword for nothing. Uh-huh. He doesn't bear it yes. in vain. And, and, and when he's doing this, this is not just, this, this is not a divine mafia hit that we read about today. But this is, this is, this is justice being meted out. And, and, and it is bloody. It is gory. It is not the way we would, we would want it done. And yet it's justice. And, and, and that's one of those things, you know, we have, we have such a skewed vision of what justice is right now. Um, and, and, and yet what we're, we're seeing, we'll see some of it in this text in a form that may make those of weaker constitutions squeamish. Absolutely. And, and I love how you put that together. First of all, our own fallenness. Second of all, that there is evil and how do we, uh, make sure that evil is checked and that God's against, he, he's a God of order. I think that's another part we see in Kings is a lot of order. We get to chapter four, you get a lot of order of here are his chief officers and so forth. And then I love how you pointed in Romans 13 because bearing the sword is how we have to filter this. This isn't this isn't Solomon being a pastor at a local Missouri Synod congregation. This is Solomon being king and having to do what he needs to do. And guarantee Solomon did not do these things in joy. You know, he did them because he needed to do them. And obviously points us to. And one of the great things that had Dr. Walter Meyer, who wrote the commentary on First Kings, and he said it very well, that the history um, gives us a theology so this is not just historical stories, but it does give us a theology, and we're able to look at it, obviously, through the lens of a Christ-centered theology, pointing us always back to Christ. Any last thoughts before we get into the text? No, I, you know, I, I think, I think you're, I, I think it's, you know, these can be interesting stories to read, but we do need to find that there, there's a reason why God put them in there. And this is not just to tell bedtime stories to your kids. Um, <laughs> that, that this is the, this is the provision of the kingdom, the provision of the kingdom and the, 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 the furthering of the kingdom is to put in place, is to put in place the mechanism of Messiah. Mm-hmm. The kingdom must go. The, the kingdom is carried out. Uh, as as part of God's plan of salvation, um, like you said, this is not just this is this is not political science 101. Um, this is salvation history 101, and, and and this is how you know and you know and then you sit here and you realize okay who's the king? It's Solomon. Where did we get Solomon from? An adulterous relationship, you know, uh, uh, an adulterous relationship. Yeah. So, so yeah, you know, these are all interesting things and yet, and it, 
this God can God has God doesn't just make chicken salad out of chicken feathers. He makes a gourmet meal out of it, and and, and that's exactly what we need. We need to uh, we need to understand. We need to uh, not understand because you never understand it because it's grace, but mm-hmm. to appreciate it, to appreciate it, and crave it. Chicken salad out of chicken feathers. I'm going to write that down. I, I'm going to use that my, in a sermon. My, my, gran- my grandpa used a, another byproduct of chicken, but I didn't want to use that on the radio. <laughs> exactly. I, I, I don't want KFUO to have to start using bleeps on me, so we're not going to go there. Right. Not going to go there. So, yep. reminder of the context, this is right after David has died. Um, David gave his last instructions, which which was wonderful. Yesterday, we had uh, uh, our first vice president of the LCMS, uh, Peter Lang, who is a great, outstanding theologian, and he mm-hmm. just went for it yesterday. It was just wonderful. I encourage our listeners to listen to that yesterday. But uh, but he, you know, he lays it out very well. Uh, this was David's last instructions for his family and also as a king. And then he he passes away after 40 years of reign. And now it's clear who is the boss. And it is clear that it is Solomon. So let's dig in. Verses 13 through 18. Once again, we are reading from the English Standard Version. Then Adonijah, Adonijah, the son of Haggith, came to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon. And she said, do you come peacefully? He said, peacefully. Then he said, I have something to say to you. She said, speak. He said, you know that the kingdom was mine and that all Israel fully expected me to reign. However, the kingdom has turned about and become my brothers, for it was his from the Lord. And now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. She said to him, speak. And he said, please ask King Solomon. He will not refuse you to give me Abishag the Shunammite, as my wife. Bathsheba said, very well, I will speak for you to the king. So a pretty simple conversation between uh, Bathsheba and Adonijah, um, but it seems like there's more going on. What's what's happening here? Well, what what you're starting to see, actually, there's an indication that that Adonijah, he feels feels gypped. You know, Mm. I should be king. You know, uh, you know, maybe if this were in the 21st century, you know, he might be complaining about voter fraud or something like that. Um, but 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 the reality is he rightfully thinks he should be king um, and he's lost out on this. And and now, you know, he's he's trying to keep alive any connection and significance to David. Um, and and you, you wonder why, though, he other than the fact that we're told that. As we were told earlier, that that uh, that that the, the Shunammite was young and pretty, um, mm-hmm. you know. But but he's doing it now. Look what he's doing. He's backdooring it. He's going uh-huh. through Queen Mom, and and you wonder now. This is a little reading into the text, but you wonder a little bit if he's testing the waters to see is there is there a way for him. Uh, to establish himself as some sort of a shadow king, because hey, everybody knows that they just assume that as the old, as the next in line, the oldest, I was going to get this, and, and almost, almost in a way, you wonder if he's trying to 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 tap into Absalom's old playbook, you know, right. and and try right. to tap into Absalom's old playbook 
where, where he ends up usurping his father's position. Um, and, and, and so, and he does it through the back door, you know, he's not doing it at the gate like Absalom did, but he's doing it through the back door through, through Bathsheba, who is very, who is very, um, who, who is important that queen mom, you know, queen mom is, 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 is still important. And, and, and he makes that, he's making that request. And now wait a second, if, if, if he can make this request, What's the next request he can make? What's you know, next? and you go ahead. Yeah, What's and, and you wonder, you you wonder about this. Mm. Is this just the beginning? Is this just another iteration in another generation of a, of, of of a forked tongue creature saying, "Did God really say?" <laughs> right. And in Dr. Meyer's commentary, he compares this story, um, this true story to the Adam and Eve story. Obviously, it's flipped. It's not to the um, to the to the right. wife, but to the son and to the and to uh, Bathsheba. But it is interesting. Some of the words he says are really kind of like, you know, how we will will speak like, well, everybody knows X, whatever X is. And then you're in the room like, wait, I don't know that, you know, or everyone believes this. And you're like, wait, I don't believe that. And you almost it's almost a bully move when he says you know that the kingdom was mine and you're kind of like well i don't know i'm not sure if that was ever true and that all israel fully expected me to reign all of israel like wait a second here but you didn't invite nathan or beniah or solomon or the mighty men to this party of yours when you said you were the king so it was kind of he it's hard not to look at and go okay what's his big game here which obviously Solomon has something to say about that as well. Um, right. So uh, remind our listeners, who is Abishag? Abishag, she was this little girl, this, this young, what we're, saying, we're saying young, very attractive girl. Who, uh, David, when he got old, was having trouble. He could never get warm. Mm-hmm. We had this wonderful little, so, so, so we ha- actually we have this kind of now, you know, we got these professional cuddlers. You know, there's nothing yeah. there, there's nothing sexual involved. In fact, we're told uh, we're told that that David did not know her or did not attempt to have any kind of. He, she would just lay down and cuddle with him to provide body heat to keep the old man warm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and and that's you know, and that's what you know, and 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 of course, you know, they they she was willing to do this because it was the king, and 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 she did it faithfully. But now that the king is dead, she's no longer needed for that, and she's still virginal pure, and and, and so he wants that. And it's, it's interesting because one of the unique aspects of of it is if he wanted to have that, quote, back door and make it obvious, he would have taken one of David's other wives or something along those lines. So it's one of those things where you're like, okay, um, he might be trying to be to deceive, but he's not very, he's not, he's not very good at it because Abishag really doesn't have a a position. Um, And so it's a very interesting relationship of how he's doing it, let alone the conversations weird. Like, Hey, did you come peacefully? Peacefully. Uh, can I say something? Speak. I mean, it's just kind of a funny conversation as we hear it. But there definitely was a he's trying to be respectful. He definitely is maybe trying to butter her up. He's trying to do all this. It, it's very clear. It's very clear. Other thoughts? This this sounds this sounds so much like James and John coming to Jesus. Oh. Lord, <laughs> do it. Lord, Lord, will you do for us what we ask you to promise you'll say yes? You know, sound like you know three-year-old kids. You know, Daddy, please, uh, uh, Daddy Finner, and please, 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 promise you're going to say yes to this. 
I realize it's a half an hour before supper, but can I have ice cream? You know, that kind right. of stuff. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and so, so, you know, it's, so, so what's happening, your, 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 your point is absolutely right. It is a ham handed, foolish track. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you know, he's, but this is not accidental. He, he's trying to connive. He, he's just not a good politician. There you go. That's a good way to put it. So let's get moving on. We have about five more minutes here. I want to get through 19 through 25 because the story just keeps getting better. So 19 through 25. So Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him on behalf of Adonijah. By the way, this is an unhealthy triangle of communication, by the way. Not a good way to go at it. And the king rose to meet her and bowed down to her. And he sat on his throne and had a seat brought for the king's mother. And she sat sat on his right. Then she said, I have one small request to make of you, and do not refuse me. And the king said to her, Make your request, my mother, for I will not refuse you. She said, Let Abishag the Shunammite be given to Adonijah, your brother, as his wife. King Solomon answered his mother, And why do you ask? Abishag the Shunammite for Adonijah. Ask for him in the kingdom also. For he is my older brother, and on his side are Abiathar the priest and Joab the son of Zeruiah. And then King Solomon swore by the Lord, saying, God, do so to me and more also, if this word does not cost Adonijah his life. Now therefore, as the Lord lives, who has established me and placed me on the throne of David my father, and who has made me a house as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. So King Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. And he struck him down, and he died. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> yes. So, so she has a small request, just a tiny, tiny, tiny request. And you won't deny me, will you? And he says, absolutely not. And what happens? Wham! <laughs> not only, not only do you, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, not, I'm not only going to deny because he realizes this is not mom's request. This is Adonijah's request. Right. And not only is he going to deny that request, which is this really, uh, which is this really ham-handed way of trying to weasel his way into court politics. Not only is he going to, not only is he going to deny this request, he's going to deny his request to keep living, because you know he is he is. This is cancel culture. He's going to be canceled, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. and and he's not because. The, again, remember the kingdom. We we had a little bit of you had the subterfuge, you had the little confusion right before David dies, and and who's going to be the real king? So it's not been there, there's not a big track record of Solomon uh, in leadership yet. Okay, and he's on the young side, and he's on the young side. You know, he's a kid. Um, you know, not an infant, but he, but he's still young. Mm-hmm. And and so he's not been tried. He's not been. T- this is the first test. How is this wobbly legged kingdom going to stand up to the uh, the, the 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 court uh, politics? And he's not going to allow this happen. He's coming down hard and he's coming down heavy. And and it costs Adonijah his life because he's not going. To, and now Adonijah. This is not necessarily his punishment is not not because it's not because he, he asked for the Shunammite. OK, the, the request itself right. is, is benign. 
This is actually the justice. This is actually the justice. Solomon carrying out what daddy told him to do. Right. You know, meet yeah. out justice. Meet out justice. Don't go soft. Don't mm. be conciliar. Stand for what is right. Because when Adonijah, when Adonijah attempts to claim the throne of Israel without the blessing of his father and without the blessing of God, he is taking God off of his throne. And, and, and this is, this is his, this ultimately then becomes the justice. You, not only did you get deposed from a throne that wasn't yours, I'm, I'm, we're, you're going to pay the price for your treason. And it's almost like, uh, it's almost as if Solomon is doing a sarcastic, okay, let's rethink this. So Adonijah wants Abishag to be his wife. All right, so she was technically with David, my dad. Okay, let's remember what David told me. And I'm trying to be patient here. I'm trying to be patient. But what? So now you want me to give my older brother, who tried to take over the whole nation, had 50 men in front of him, had, had all these people with him, and now he want, you want me to grant him a request. No, he's already on thin ice, and now the ice is gone. It is spring in Wisconsin, and there's no more ice. It is over with. Yeah, I'm going to take his life. Dude, it is snowed good- here last night. It <laughs> snowed here last night. That's a bad yeah. analogy. It's so well, I tell you what. You're right, but you're absolutely yes, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a little break here in the sense that, uh, uh, not a break, but a, a side note is it snowed in Wisconsin. It snowed in Missouri. It did not snow in Minnesota. So just uh, a little joy on my part there. Uh, last thoughts? We have about a minute left here before our break. Any last thoughts so yeah. far on this text? Well, you know, and again, you, you, you're starting to see that, that what we're seeing in these words is Solomon is going to be the king because God wants him to be the king, not because he was just his, his, his daddy's kid. He's going to carry out the, he's going to carry out the directions and instructions. He's going to be that chip off of the old block of the man after God's heart, at least at the beginning of his kingdom. And we'll see where this goes as we read through these books. But, but right now he's going to do, he's going to do the kingdom God's way, which also happens to be David's way. And, you know, there is a definite Adonijah and others are going to be testing them. They're going to go chest to chest and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to see if you're going to stop me. And Solomon proves that he is not going to stand by as an idle king. He's going to be a good king and he's using the wisdom that he prays for in the next chapter. So, but right now we need exactly. to take our break. We are studying First Kings chapter two with paste, uh, ah, paster, Pastor Nathan Metter, and we'll be right back. Hi, this is Rahema Kavuga, Synod Relations Manager of Lutheran Church Extension Fund. Are you an investor looking to support the bold and loving work of LCMS churches? Is your church or organization ready to do bold and loving work? This year, we have a ripe opportunity to bring Christ to a hurting world. Discover the role you can play in this great work. Call 800-843-5233 or visit lcef.org. That's 800-843-5233 
lcef.org. Welcome to A Peep Behind the Scenes. In 1878, this book quickly sold over two and a half million copies. Now, over a hundred years later, it comes to life as a powerful audio drama. The story of the lost. There's nobody loves me, and nobody never did. And the good shepherd who brings them home. For God so loved the world. On the next Lamplighter Theatre. Saturday mornings at 11 on Worldwide KFUO. The idea that our creation is the result of a fluke, an accident, is ridiculous. A hundred thousand monkeys typing on a hundred thousand typewriters, even after a million years, would never produce the works of William Shakespeare. But they might produce several episodes of Wrestling with the Basics, Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. On air or on demand. A click away 24 hours a day at KFUO.org. And welcome back. We are studying First Kings chapter 2 with Pastor, not, what did I say, Pastor, or I don't know what I said, Pastor Nathan Metter. Uh, as we are looking at First Four. Kings chapter 2, we also have a special announcement this morning and have our uh, Andy Bates with us this morning. Good morning. It is so exciting to uh, to be on the eve of share What do we call this on the church calendar? The eve of share Is that right? Sherathon Eve? Sherathon Eve. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. So for our listeners uh, who have been listening for a while, you know that Sherathon 2021 is tomorrow and Friday and Saturday. And I wanted to let you know that we have a very special treat for Sherathon listeners of Thy Strong Word coming up. It's going to be a sweet, a sweet treat. Maybe. Is that a good way to say it? So uh, A sweet deal. A sweet deal. That's right. So you want to listen to Thy Strong Word tomorrow and Friday during share because if you call in during Thy Strong Word, we have a very special treat just for you, Thy Strong Word listeners. And I have to say there's a there's a Finnern connection to this very sweet deal as well. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Should I say more? I, or are you going to say more? We'll tell them tomorrow. They got to they got to listen tomorrow oh, and call in during okay. Thy Strong okay. Word for a I very going to say more. Very okay. special right. Minnesota related uh, gift for those who yes. call in to make a gift during Shareathon tomorrow during Thy Strong Word for uh, oh, I believe it's at uh, and we'll talk more about the levels of giving, but around, it's at a gift of one hundred twenty dollars or more, which is like ten dollars a month. So, um, so call in during Thy Strong Word tomorrow on Shareathon and. Uh, yeah, you'll want to listen. You don't want to miss it. Very That's all good. I have. Very I'll let good. you and Pastor Metter get back to studying God's Word. Thank you, uh, Andy Bates, for your time. And you'll know more tomorrow on Thy Strong Word, 11 to noon, as always, as we'll be studying 1 Kings chapter 3 uh, with Pastor Brian Davies. So, Pastor Metter, let's move on in our text and let's read verses 26 to 27. So, right now we know that, uh, well... Um, Adonijah is gone. So what comes next? And to Abiathar, the priest, the king said, go to Anathoth and to your estate, for you deserve death. But I will not at this time put you to death because you carried the ark of the Lord God before David, my father, and because you shared in my father's affliction. So Solomon expected Abiathar from being expelled, excuse me, Abiathar from being priest to the Lord, thus fulfilling the word of the Lord that he had spoken concerning the house of Eli in Shiloh. 
So there's basic things here, but what is he doing with Abiathar? Uh, Abiathar is being defrocked. He, he, uh, he deserves to die, but he's been anointed by God. Uh, if you and this again, Solomon being Solomon, okay, or uh, Solomon being like his father David, okay. Mm. Remember, he ha- how many opportunities did he have where he could have killed King Saul himself, but he didn't. Why? Mm. Because Saul was anointed by God. It is not up to me to determine that the, 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 the life, uh, to take matters into my own hands. And in fact, in David's case, remember, the guys who he found out who did the unjust, who did the killings, they themselves ended up dead. Okay? Uh, sure. but, so he's, he's deposing. But because he was in league with these other guys who tried to set up Adonijah, you've disqualified yourself from the office. I'm not going to kill you but you're not going to be priest anymore. You're, you're not going to stand before the, you're, you're not going to stand before the ark. You're not going to do the sacrifices. You're not going to speak to God for me, nor are you going to speak for God amongst the people. Okay. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. You're done. Mm-hmm. And again, this is, uh, again, like you talked about, this is, this is the, you know, the, this is this whole thing. Uh, this, so that e- there is even corruption and discipline within the clergy in Israel, okay? Uh, and, and it has to be cleaned up. It has to be cleaned up because uh, these, are, these are men that they, they, he crossed the line and he got, in, involved, he, he got involved with court politics and not speaking God's word. And what's interesting about what he says, it brings to mind that Solomon, yes, had to bring the, well, literally the gauntlet down um, towards the, during this time, but also he's very patient for the way David said it almost makes it sound like you go there and you just clean house right away. But he's being very patient when you think about it is he's like Adonijah. He didn't have a plan to get rid of him that day. Abiathar, he just didn't say, okay, you're gone as far as death. He said, well, you're no longer a priest, but go there and, and you'll, you know, he doesn't say be taken care of, but he doesn't get rid of him, but he does thank him for his service with his father, David. And we'll see that throughout here that he is patient, but you know, the line has been drawn and they went over that line. So things had to happen. Any thoughts about his grace and patience in this? Well, again, I, 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 I think that that's a great point. This is, there is a difference between justice and vengeance. Ah, okay. Yep. Justice is meted out according to the law. Um, and, and the law, in the sense, is both the, the, the legal code and the Torah, okay, the, the, the teachings. Because Abiathar, he is, he is, he has been God's instrument. Hmm. He's been used by God, and he's been used by God's people to do the sacrifices before God. So, so there is respect with, there is respect. That, therefore, this is justice, not vengeance. Vengeance is bloody. It's it's retributive. It, it, it is. It, it's the idea. It's the idea that we're again, like you said, re- vengeance would have been as soon as the time of David's mourning is over. I'm sending the guys out with the swords, and we're gonna and we're gonna have shish kebab treasonists and be done with it. 
But what happens is, again, he, it, we saw it, we, you saw it with Adonijah, he tripped up. He, made, he stepped out of line. It seemed insignificant, but he stepped out of line. He got justice. Here, the, the, the priest is getting justice. Actually, it's getting mercy, if you will, because he could be put right. to death, but he's not because of what he's done and who he is. And, and, and so, 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 so we see that so this is not a cool, calculating court politician. This is somebody who um, probably has already, to a degree, some of the wisdom that he's going to be praying for. And that's a good distinction, because I, I spoke about this in chapter one, about kind of a, a chapter two, yeah, at the beginning with David, is kind of like, oh, and I will have my vengeance. I mean, I'm a big Gladiator fan from the early 2000s, you know, mm-hmm. um, father to a murdered son, husband to a murdered wife, and I will have my vengeance in this life or the next. You know, he says it's just a wonderful part of that movie. And But there's a distinction there of, of vengeance, and how did you put it? Vengeance versus justice, right? Justice, yes, and and he's focusing on justice, and that that makes it so much um, clear and a better understanding of the distinctions that are happening. Right. He's just not going after these people, but he's right. being patient and he's making sure there's justice for what happened. Yeah, that's a right. very good distinction for us. Yeah, See, and you and you just and you and you just proved that you're far more highbrow than I. You went gladiator, and the thought that <laughs> I came to mind, the thought that came to my mind was. Hello, my name is Inigo Montoya. You oh, killed no. my father, prepared to die. You know, okay? So that, that dates us. Okay, anyway. Oh, oh, quoting movies is sure as fun. Okay, let's move on because it goes from Abiathar to Joab. We'll read verses 28 through 35. When the news came to Joab, for Joab had supported Adonijah, although he had not supported Absalom, Joab fled to the tent of the Lord and caught hold of the horns of the altar. And when it was told King Solomon, Joab has fled to the tent of the Lord, and behold, he is beside the altar, Solomon sent Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, saying, Go, strike him down. So Benaiah came to the tent of the Lord and said to him, The king commands, Come out. But he said, No, I will die here. Then Benaiah brought the king word again, saying, Thus says Joab, and thus he answered me. The king replied to him, Do as he said, strike him down and bury him. And thus take away from me and from my father's house the guilt for the blood that Joab shed without cause. The Lord will bring back his bloody deeds on his own head. Because without the knowledge of my father David, he attacked and killed with the sword two men more righteous and better than himself. Abner, the son of Ner the commander of the army of Israel, and Amasa, the son of Jether, commander of the army of Judah. So shall their blood come back on the head of Joab and on the head of his descendants forever. But for David and his descendants and for his house and for his throne, there shall be peace from the Lord forevermore. Then Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, went up and struck him down and put him to death. And he was buried in his own house in the wilderness. The king put Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, over the army in place of Joab, and the king put Zadok the priest in place of Abiathar. So that that kind of escalated quickly, not quite as quickly as uh, as Adonijah. But give us a rundown of the story. Well, here here here's which again we're seeing justice, not vengeance. 
so so what we see here is in Solomon's court because you know when we say court, you remember we're, we're not talking you know black robes and juries and things like that because Solomon is the judge, the jury, and he he orders the executions at this point. Right. right. Um, and, and but what he's doing now, what we see here is there will not be just because David died doesn't mean there's going to be a statute of limitations on your own injustice. Um, uh, Joab, Joab had maintained his position, but he also broke, he, he also, he also took innocent blood. These were men who were rightfully pre, uh, the, he, he killed one and he killed one who was pursuing him. Um, and, and then he turned around and, and then he, then he was, he actually killed another who was seeking, uh, what was right under the law, which was the blood redemption. Okay. And, and so he killed them both. So this guilt is still on him. And, 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 so there's, there still needs to be justice and, and understand, you know, God is very clear in his word. You know, uh, when, when man's blood is shed, your blood's going to be shed. That's what it says. That's what, that's what the word says. And, and, and as a result, he's carrying that out again, not in, and, and he does it. it he, you know, it, it's really interesting, you know, so Joab thinks he can run away from it. Okay. You know, he's hearing what's going on. He's putting two and two together. He's working the equation. He says, all right, Adonijah, dead. Abiathar, deposed. Mm. It's not going to go good for me because he knows he's guilty. Now, look where he runs. He runs to the house of the Lord. Right, thinking, yeah. Thinking that he... That, that this is going to be a sanctuary. He thinks that running to the Lord is going, you know, if he can hide out in the Lord's house, he is going to escape justice. All right. Rather than facing it, facing your sin straight up. Okay. We think we, we can hide it. We, we can, we can, we can wrap a, a religious veneer around it and everything will be fine. no, there will be justice. There will be justice. And, and, and look, he never, he, and what's really interesting about the way Solomon plays this out is, you know, there, there was no, this isn't, this isn't a trial in front of him. Um, Joab knows that he deserves to die. He knows he deserves to die. And he's willing to die right there. Right. And, and, but look, he, he, he is not, he's pronouncing his own sentence. He, it, it, Joab Uh, pronounces his own sentence. So, so, uh, Solomon doesn't, Solomon doesn't condemn him to death. He says, okay, give him what he wants. Ah, okay. Do as he said. Yeah, do as he said. Your Mm -hmm. own, right. Your own words condemn you your own oh, words condemn point. you very good give point. him what he wants and then but and we see how the justice worked out by the way look at where he's buried in the wilderness wilderness yep you're right mm-hmm. not 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 a good place for an israelite not a good place he was not buried in the tomb with honor he was buried in the wilderness 
his body ends up somewhere near where a scapegoat might have been taken out. Very true. Wow. Very and so, good words. And, and look, and, and so he becomes, so in a way, think about this. Now, they, they didn't lay hands on his head, but in a very real way, this is the last of the blood. This is the last real blood guilt that exists against the house of David because it has this justice has not yet been meted out, hmm. but now it hmm. is. And the deed is done. It's done. This is, uh, you know, this, this is interesting to me about Beniah. What is his story? Do you have any background on that? Cause all of a sudden he's like the, uh, what do you call it? He's the guy that goes and takes care of business. Um, he's his yeah. hitman or something. I mean, any thought, well, any, any research on that? Well, he's the one, he, he's the one, actually, that's one, that's one of the spots that I didn't really hit, but, but think about <laughs> this, you know, but really, what is he doing? He's faithfully responding to the Lord's King. He's faithfully responding to the Lord's King. And what happens when you face, and he's not doing it. He's not doing it. He he's he's the anti Adonijah. He's not doing. He's simply doing it because the king asks him to. He's not doing it. He says, "Ooh, if I do this, and then I'll be able to come and ask the king for this." And then you know he he just does his job. He is a good steward of the tasks that uh, that that God has given him. And, and that's important for us. You know that that's an important thing for us too. You know. When, when the Lord asks us to do things, sometimes even hard things, you know, God's faithfulness, God does not, God, God does not ignore faithfulness. Mm-hmm. God does not ignore faithfulness. And, and what happens is he puts him up, but, but these are also, you know, and then he does the same thing, you know, he does the same thing for, for Zadok. Uh, he does the same thing. He puts it, these are men who are, faithful and they're faithful to God and they're loyal to the king. They're faithful to God and loyal to the king. He is solidifying the kingdom. Remember the kingdom then is going to be the instrument by which Messiah is delivered to the world. So, so, so the solidification of the kingdom, this is not just a political reality. It's setting in place the mechanisms that are going to carry down the line to carry out God's ultimate promise of sending Jesus. Mm. Yep. Yep. So as we look at the last number of verses, we have about 10 verse. We have 10 verses left. I want to do this now because I really have struggled pronouncing this is uh, summoned Shimai or how would you say it? Uh, Shimai. It's Shimai, Shimai. Is how I've always pronounced it. All right, all right. Pastor Fanarini, here's, here's a great teaching tool for all those people who are listening. If you are lay people and, and, and maybe you are in a small group Bible study in your church and, and they ask you to read in the Old Testament and you run across one of these names, here's what you do. Here is the secret, everyone. <laughs> I'm letting it out of the bag. If you've never studied Hebrew, you don't. here's what you do. You pick a pronunciation. And you state it confidently because nobody else in the room understands the right pronunciation either. 
<laughs> well, I tell you, for those of us who have studied Hebrew and still don't quite know, uh, that works for us as well. I just want to make sure exactly. I'm saying Shimai, right? Yeah, they work at that. So, anyways, so there's a third person in this whole scenario, and this one uh, in chapter beginning of chapter two, he, there was an emphasis that there should be blood. With Shimei. Yeah. And so there, there's a story here as well. So we continue. Verses 36 through 38. Then the king sent and summoned Shimei and said to him, Build yourself a house in Jerusalem and dwell there. And do not go out from there to any place whatever. Whatever. For on that day you go out and cross the brook Kidron. Know for certain that you shall die. Your blood shall be on your own head. And Shimei said to the king, what you say is good. As my Lord, the king has said, so will your servant do. So Shimei lived in Jerusalem many days. So uh, tells him, build a house, stay in Jerusalem. Sounds simple. If you go past this brook, it's not going to end well. Um, so once again, You're we're dead. seeing the patient Solomon working in this right. process. He's probably not even happy to do this, but any thoughts on those verses? But think about it again. This is a guy who took a shot at his dad when he was in a, in a really bad spot. Yeah, a lot of rocks. You mess, yeah, threw rocks at him. You mess with, <laughs> throw rocks, throw insults. <laughs> yes. And David, and, but David was not in a position to meet. He knew, again, God will, you know, do not seek vengeance because vengeance is mine, thus says the Lord. Okay. Right. He, right. he didn't mm-hmm. immediately, he, he was, at the, and at that point, he was right. David was David was shamed. David was in a terrible place. Uh, but now, here it is. But again, he's carrying out this thing. He said, "Okay, I'm not you deserve to die." And by the way, dad wants him to die too. Okay? Right. David right. wanted him dead. David wants him dead. But Solomon, again, not to be bloodthirsty, Solomon is just saying, "All right, I'm going to give you enough rope so that you can hang yourself. Right. And okay. notice he, yep. he, he doesn't throw him in the dungeon. He could. He could have thrown him in a pit and let him starve to death. No. He says, listen, I'm going to hear that you can, you can be in Jerusalem. You can't be with your family. You can be in Jerusalem. You can't, you can't be another one of those forces that, that is going to become a boil on my backside. You know, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But he said, he, he, but if, if you can abide by these rules, if you can abide by these rules, you can live. If you don't abide by these rules, you die. The blood is on and, your and own what, head. Yep. Yeah, your, your blood head. is on your own mm-hmm. head. And, and look at it. Look at it. He didn't. Look at what he does. Look at what he does. He's, he, he, he doesn't. Go. He, he he doesn't go to. He doesn't leave the the confines of his political arrest to go to a meeting of uh, of Antifa or something. Okay, he's right. not going to plot. He's going to get that which is rightfully his. You know, a couple of his escaped servants. They got away from him. He's he he is within his rights. This is what this is what the master was supposed to do, except the promise that he'd made to God's man supersedes that. And when he chose to do things his way, even innocuous things, it costs him his life. I want you to think about this from a a law gospel perspective. 
Mm-hmm. How often, how often do we roll our eyes at those things in our life which are seemingly innocuous, but we know that are outside of God's law? Right. We do that. Well, I was just doing what I... No, no. That's not... There, there will be justice for sin. Now, the question is, are you going to be in a position where you attempt to bear that justice alone? Or are you going to flee to Jesus? That's it. Let's, well, let's finish our text as we get that yeah. even more clearly. 39 through 46. But it happened at the end of three years, so he's there for three years, that two of Shimei's servants ran away to Achish, son of Maka, king of Gath. And when it was told Shimei, behold, your servants are in Gath. Shimei arose and saddled the donkey and went to Gath to Achish to seek his servants. Shimei went and brought his servants from Gath. And when Solomon told, was told that Shimei had gone from Jerusalem to Gath and returned the, king, returned, the king sent and summoned Shimei and said to him, Did I not make you swear by the Lord and solemnly warn you, saying, Know for certain that when on the day you go out and go to any place, whatever, you shall die? And he said to me, What, do you, what you say is good, I will obey. Why then have you not kept your oath to the Lord and commandment with which I commanded you? The king also said to Shimei, You know in your own heart all the harm that you did to David my father. So the Lord will bring back your harm on your own head. But King Solomon shall be blessed, and the throne of David shall be established before the Lord forever. Then the king commanded Benaiah the son of Jehoiada, and when he went out and struck him down, and he died. So the kingdom was established in the hand of Solomon. So it, it, it ultimately seems kind of a small offense really, but yet mm-hmm. it, it, it was an offense nonetheless. And so right. tell us a little more about this. It's kind of harsh, well, but yet it, it, justice has been served. Correct. Justice has been served. You know, I showed you grace, grace, even though you did such, such heinous things against my dad, mm-hmm. I showed you grace. And now you're going to flaunt my grace. Now understand that there, you know, he's just going after, he is supposedly, and, I, and he was rightly going down there, but look at where he's going. He's going to Gath, you know, Philistia, the place where, uh, where, where the, the, an area where God's kingdom will eventually, and has throughout its history, they've been a thorn in the flesh of Israel for a long time. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so there's uh, there's other potentials there, but it ultimately comes down to this: I gave you grace, you flaunted it. There are consequences. There are no, you know, there are no sins that don't have consequences. There are no sins that don't have consequences. What is in the dark will always come into the light. And this, this then is the time for us to, you know, this, this is why daily baptismal repentance, uh, remembrance and repentance is the way of life for a Christian. It is the way of life for a Christian um, because it is, it is the refreshment of the grace that we have received undeservedly that then changes 
the grace that we show to others around us. I like how you said that because we will put levels on sin and say, well, that's sin. Well, that's not so bad. He just went to look for his servants. And the reality is there's always punishment for sin, which clearly points us back to the punishment won for us on Christ. So we have about, we have a minute left, Pastor. Can you give us a, uh, how would you sum up this chapter for us today? Um, we've got a brand new fledgling kingdom that even though it is brand new and fledgling, it is blessed by the Lord. It is a kingdom where, uh, it is a kingdom that is going to reign under God's hand and a God's direction. This is not a regular kingdom. It's one that is established by God for the purpose of setting in place the mechanism of Messiah. And, and, and there, are, there are incredible things that we can learn from this. There are the great things that we learn about the consequences for our sin, even some of the old ones. You know, even though some of the ones we thought maybe we'd kind of sort of gotten away with, they're going to come out. And we need to deal with, you know, and it's a, it's a call for us for ongoing repentance. Pastor Nathan Metter from St. John Lutheran Church in Plymouth, Wisconsin, helping us today with First Kings. Pastor Metter, thank you for being our guest. My privilege. Saints of our Lord, it is God who has justice. And this justice is brought forth, as we see today, with blood. The blood of those who were ones against David. But we also realize that this blood was shed for us so that we are justified, not by Joab, not by Abiathar, not by anybody else, but by the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.